Welcome to Chiropractic United for April 30th, 2013. This podcast is brought to you by CBP Seminars to see how a chiropractic biophysics technique can help improve your practice as well as your patient's overall health and spinal structure. Go to idealspine.com. And also by Dr. Fred Domenico of Elite Coaching to see how Dr. Fred can help bring your practice to all new heights. Go to elitecoachingllc.com. And finally by PostureCode, developers of the X-ray analysis system known as Posture, as well as the award-winning Posture Screen mobile app, available in the iTunes App Store as well as the Google Play Android Store. For more info, go to postureanalysis.com. All right, Dr. Fred, take it away. Okay, everybody out there in podcast land, welcome to Cairo United. What's today's date? That would be the 30th of April. April 30th. Here we are. And uh, we got myself, Dr. Fred DiDomenico of Elite Coaching, Dr. Joe Farantelli of Posture Co. Dr. Dean Harrison is once again the missing soldier. Thank you very much. <laughs> but we'll pick him up next week. We'll, we'll find him somewhere. Yeah. So we have a real treat for you guys. You know, we've been coming to you with all kinds of cool stuff. And this is definitely our guest tonight is a, is a medical doctor, Dr. Mayer Eisenstein. And we are just so privileged because we've been sitting here just talking a little bit for a few minutes. We already got like five fascinating stories. <laughs> and finally, so I'm okay, man, let's put this on tape. We're going to roll. So welcome with us, Dr. Mayer. Welcome, Doc. Oh, welcome, Dr. Joe and Dr. Fred. It's an honor to be with you guys. Thank you. Hey, you know, I found you online. I don't know how I got on your mailing list, but I saw your YouTube videos and what caught my attention was you have passion and purpose for kids not getting vaccinated. You've been a medical doctor. We'll, I'll let you go through this for almost 40 years, and you are carrying the torch, man, that is leading a lot of people. So first of all, our hat goes off to you. And the first question is, why don't you give us a little bit where all this started, your history? I mean, just where uh, yeah. you came from is a great story. Yeah, the, my, um, my parents escaped Hitler by going to uh, Shanghai. They met there, got married. I was born in 1946. Uh, I don't remember that. We came to America in 1947. And um, uh, so China's a great story, but it's really, uh, it's not something I remember as much as I've been told. Uh, but I can tell you that I, I always wanted to be a politician. And growing up in Chicago, it's something that I always uh, liked, you know, uh, and um, uh um, I kind of like politics, like to talk. My my mother for my bar mitzvah uh, hired her best friend, who was a English teacher and a and a uh, a speech teacher. And I spent one year going to her house, learning how to address audiences. And um, uh, that that was one of the most interesting experiences of my life because it's given me the ability to be in front of audiences and not worry. And she said, "People don't remember what you say. They 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 see your." passion. And boy, Dr. Joe and Dr. Fred, in just a few minutes, I felt your passion, you know. Uh, and, and and so they could tell if you're real or not real. Um, uh, I always have trouble not putting politics in. We know the president's not real. Forget about it. You like him or yeah. dislike him. He's not real. You know, I mean, uh, uh, I never use a teleprompter. I, I try not to use, um, um, oh, what's it called, the uh, PowerPoints, because, you know, the, the bottom line is, 
People want to know what you're doing. And one of the reasons I love chiropractics, because in my 40 years of medicine, I've been privileged to not only take care of, but being taken care of by chiropractors. You know, uh, And I see the passion that chiropractors have, not only for the vaccine issue, but healthy lifestyles. I look at your picture, Fred. I don't have yours, Joe. You know, <laughs> But you, you boys, and I use that you know, in a very uh, a respectful manner, uh, you doctors, you know, I think we, you know, yeah, uh, um, you, you, you walk the walk as well as talk the talk. And the vaccine just is one of the important aspects uh, of it. If you line 100 chiropractors with 100 allopathic doctors, I venture to say you could pick out 90 to 95% of the chiropractors. They'll be in shape. Uh, they will have healthy lifestyles and they won't be sickly looking. Yep. That's right. Thank you very much. So I went to the wrong school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we needed we needed a soldier out there fighting the battle on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Well, how did you get this passion? Tell us a little about you told us some of the introduction about your history and how you developed this passion for a healthy lifestyle. More importantly, practically, I would say almost going against the uh, grain in allopathic medicine to do what you've done throughout the years. You, what's your origin there? Well, I was a third year medical student. My wife was pregnant with our first baby. And um, uh, I, I met Dr. Robert Mendelson. He was the former national medical director of Head, of Head Start. He came to the University of Illinois in 1970. And I heard that you didn't have to show up to his class and you can pass. And so that, that really interests me because <laughs> I wasn't even sure if I wanted to finish medical school. It, I was so excited to go to medical school, but nothing really excited me there. You know, it, it, it just, there's nothing I saw that I wanted to do. And I met Dr. Mendelssohn. Oh, my God, did my life turn around there. He not only became the godfather to all six of my children, but he could have been one of the most brilliant people I ever met. And he left Head Start when he realized that they weren't accomplishing anything. It was an image program, not a substance program. And he wasn't against vaccines in 1970. He just started to question them. But he most probably ran the largest vaccine program in the world. He had over a million children under his care. you know, um, And he just kept saying, they're not getting healthier. They're not getting healthier. And, and all of a sudden, he started thinking, by 1970, that's when I started, I took his class and our, our oldest son was born. You know, um, and by the way, him and his wife were with us to help us with the delivery, you know, um, and um, all of a sudden he starts saying, you know, I think the vaccines are a mistake. This is 1970. By the time I finished medical school in 1972, uh, uh, he realized that this was uh, a total mistake. And so, uh, but I got involved because our first baby was born in the hospital. My wife said she'll never do that again. And so Dr. Mendelssohn sent me to one of his dear friends, Dr. Greg. Gregory White, who'd been delivering babies at home at that time for 25 years. Wow. And, and I, um, I went to Dr. White and uh, introduced myself and uh, told him I'd like to study with him. And to, to give you an idea how long ago that was, there weren't cell phones. You know, so in order for me to get a hold of him, I had to go to the, the pay phone, put a wow. dime in. <laughs> and, and, uh, I didn't and, even know they had those anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm really dating myself. You know, I mean, uh, And uh, so I started going on deliveries. This was on my wife's uh, recommendation. Uh, and um, uh, then uh, I finished medical school, uh, um, wasn't sure what to do, uh, did a rotating internship. And uh, we were expecting our second baby who was born at home. 
home. And then uh, Dr. White said, come join me a little bit. And I said, yeah, I'll do that for a couple of years. Well, almost 40 years later, we stopped delivering babies a couple of years ago when our group got old. <laughs> we, <you> know, <laughs> and we got some wonderful midwives in Chicago and the area who were really taken up the, uh, at our peak, we were delivering about six or 700 babies a year at home. Wow. And, um, and, and of course, who do you attract? You can start track. I didn't make a big issue back in the uh, 70s about vaccines, although we never, we were, my partners uh, at that time felt we should give some vaccines, even though none of them ever vaccinated their children. None of my children were, that were then vaccinated, but they said that we should give pa parents choice. And so the whole thing was vaccine choice. And that was the 70s. But slowly but surely, of course, we were attracting more and more families who made the decision not to vaccinate. Uh, and um, I, I um, uh, our practice kind of ended when we started the delivering when we start stopped delivering babies at home about three four years ago, and I kind of semi retired, um, um, and, and then I decided, nah, I'm too young to to do this. And it wasn't, and I, I still was working. I wasn't not working. I just you know wasn't seeing a lot of patients. Uh, I got very involved because I got. I was over 100 pounds overweight. And this is partly, I think, the lifestyle of medicine. It's not a healthy lifestyle. Uh, it doesn't, um, uh, no matter how many chiropractors I had as patients, it was, you know, the, the lifestyle is just not a healthy lifestyle. And I... Um, I, I got involved with uh, uh, the HCG program, uh, which was phenomenal. I lost over 100 pounds. I still have about 30 pounds to lose, you know, um, uh, but, but this has been a changing point in my life. And it, it made me at 63, I, I had difficulty practicing medicine, but here at 67, you know, I'm able to practice now 30, 40 hours a week uh, uh, comfortably. And I decided when we started to practice again, I worked with my oldest daughter, who's a nurse practitioner, who had all her babies at home. Uh, she has three children. There, None of them are vaccinated. And um, we decided that our practice would have be threefold. Number one, there's no vaccine choice in our practice. You know, uh, if you wanted to have vaccine choice, we can find another doctor for you. No vaccine material will be found in our office. We will not give it. We will not give a mixed message. You know, uh, so even the title of my book, which I don't like anymore, Educate Before You Vaccinate, Don't, don't Vaccinate Before You Educate, really isn't the good title. And my dear friend, Dr. Sherry Tedpenny actually has a better <laughs> title. Her, her title is Don't Vaccinate. <laughs> yeah. yeah nice. and, uh, um, and, but the, the title is from a book that I wrote 12 years ago, and we just updated it, and uh, and so I, I haven't changed the title. But but I can tell you now that uh, so about 35 to 40 percent of our and I went to law school internally there while I was still practicing medicine, and um, 30 to 40 percent of the practice right now is school physicals, camp physicals, and I anyone who comes to me I help them uh, with a legal a waiver, and so we now have over 50,000 children. Children who have never been vaccinated, uh, and um, and this right. is really—I I didn't even realize. You know, years go by, and you you, you deliver twenty thousand babies, and they not only come to you, but they bring their children uh, wow. uh, to. So you know, and, and and it didn't even—I didn't realize until about five six years ago how incredibly different our population is from the rest of the world. You know, I, 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 I don't live in a real world. And it started by parents telling me, who came to me after they had two or three older children were vaccinated, and the younger ones, when they came to us, weren't vaccinated. He said, Dr. Eisenstein, my older chick, my, my younger children 
never get sick. And this wasn't a solicited, uh, never get sick. My, if there's someone who gets sick, the family is the ones who are vaccinated. And that is just, you know, it's, 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 it's evidence. Yep. You know, uh, it's not anecdotal. It's very interesting because I made that statement that I have anecdotal evidence uh, in my practice that a vaccinated, unvaccinated children are healthier. And I got chewed out by a British lawyer who said, I thought you went to law school. Uh, what a doctor sees in his office is evidence. It's not anecdotal. It walks right into court. Mm -hmm. it, it, now, now, evidence doesn't mean that it's going to... Um, win your case. But it's they, the lawyers are very gruesome. And I can tell you, I, I pray to God every day and thank God that I was a doctor before a lawyer because <laughs> lawyering doesn't interest me. And I wouldn't have married my incredible bride, you know. Uh, um, like you said, if you were a lawyer or went to law school, I don't think I would have uh, married you. <laughs> and um, uh, lawyers look at evidence as a coffin, and your goal is to nail the coffin shut. And every bit of evidence is another nail. You have enough nails in there, that coffin is shut. And I think that we're starting to develop enormous amount of data that the whole vaccine program is the biggest scam that's ever been placed on us, and the people are starting to realize it. Yeah, that yeah, definitely. It, you know, it's you sound just like everybody in our profession. At least the 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 chiropractors that still want to be chiropractors. You know, we we have that. What's ironic about this is that we have chiropractors that are trying to be medical doctors that are going down the wrong road. And it's like for, through your eyes, you're like seeing that the the whole medical community is missing the boat on this. And a lot of the doctors that I've spoken to, and just like Doctor Fred, a lot of them, you know, they're brainwashed. They really don't know. They, you know, they, they just know what the drug reps tell them half the time. Exactly. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. I'll tell you, I, I take a little bit of a different position than you do on that. And yeah, I think maybe you'll see. I am absolutely in favor. If I were Surgeon General tomorrow, I would immediately allow all chiropractors to be able to dispense pharmaceuticals. I could tell you why. Because uh, I think that um, there's enough background that they would use it massively judiciously, but it would now bring in thousands and thousands of more families who um, can't come to a chiropractor if they want an antibiotic or, or need an antibiotic, which is rare and far and few between. But now you'll be able to, it's almost kind of like if you have the, if you have the ability to administer vaccines and don't do it, that's power. Because otherwise, the argument that I always hear is, well, the reasons that chiropractors don't believe in vaccines or don't believe in drugs because they can't dispense it. So the question is, can there be enough uh, self-monitoring or where you have the ability to do it and um, and you still don't do it but now you could bring the families in you know uh, 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 I, I I don't know the answer to that you know because I, I think that um, Obamacare may still be our best salvation because it's so bad it's so bad <laughs> that, that it's going to require see I think chiropractors will get the, uh, the ability to dispense pharmaceuticals because they're not going to have enough uh, nurses or nurse practitioners or doctors to go around and this may be the biggest boom for us that will ever be because now you have someone like yourself Dr. Fred and yourself Dr. Joe who can see anybody and you can tell them even though I can write a prescription I'm not going to and here's why Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I definitely see that perspective. I mean, there's no question. However, you know, you have your strong core values, and that's the whole principle of chiropractic. Like, I get what you're saying. There's so much power to, to be able to have that right and then just say it's bullshit. I can do it if I want to. Well said. I choose not to. However, 
that's massive core value, man. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, I just can't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying, you know. and, and Yeah. This no, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I at the end of the day, I may be wrong. Where I'm just one step closer to them taking the pharmaceutical industry taking over the whole, uh, uh, the whole medical profession, be it chiropractics, right. be it uh, uh, allopathics. You know, and, and so in a sense, that would be their goal. And you're, you're maybe right. I mean, uh, uh, that um, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's very depressing. You know, it's more than just vaccines. I, I've kind of broken it down the last couple of weeks to three buzzwords um, that we no longer can use. It's antibiotics, antivirals, and vaccines. I think all three of them fall into the same category. We had great hope that these were great answers to different illnesses. And now all of a sudden we're finding that it may have temporarily made a difference, but long-term we've been on the wrong path because the right path is like Hippocrates, uh, the the father of modern medicine said, a regiment medicine and surgery and Hippocrates said, you couldn't do medicine or surgery before you put your life in order. That's how you eat, how you sleep, how, how you exercise, how you take care of yourself. You know, and he said, until that's in order, you can't move to medicine. But American medicine starts with surgery. First, they cut it out. Right. If that's not good enough, then they give you drugs. If that doesn't work, say, go see your chiropractor. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Actually, what they say is we can't help you. And then hopefully they end up somewhere healthy. <laughs> They're like, sorry, we give up. You're going to die by, you know, sorry, no offense. Those those, uh, um, buzzwords don't work. Even the the top medical doctors around the world, the the head doctor in England, it's a woman, and and, um, she said that the, the... the era of safe medicine is over. And she was talking about antibiotics cannot be used unless we have life-threatening conditions. And how often do we have a life-threatening condition? She even put in there pneumonia. Unless the pneumonia is life-threatening, you don't use antibiotics because we so abuse them, they don't work anymore. And the antivirals fall in the same category. And obviously, vaccines fall into the same category. It's questionable if vaccines ever worked in the first place. But even if they did, the abuse of them uh, essentially um, nullifies any type of benefit. I, I, I kind of look at two other things similarly. Um, uh, pesticides uh, to, to, to increase our crops. Um, temporarily that worked. Now that's not working anymore either. And the price we paid for it is all these uh, chemicals that are now in our system. I mean, so so we've gotten a little bit better yield in food temporarily. And I see the vaccines are the same thing. We may have gotten, and it's very questionable, and I'll, I'll discuss why, uh, a lowering of certain infectious diseases. Um, uh, but what price have we paid for it? Uh, and I'm not talking about a financial price. I'm talking a price with the health of our whole population, not only our children population. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So did, I mean, obviously you uh, hooked up with uh, Dr. Mendelssohn, but what was like, what was that passion that was that just a message that you knew was truth, and then you just took that and just ran basically well, it, as fast as you could with purpose, or what spawned that that great purpose that you still have? Uh, well, well, you know, um, uh, to start backwards from from today, I feel a tremendous. Um, moral obligation to pay it forward. I mean, I am one of the few privileged people, you know, uh, 
to have had six children, 11 grandchildren so far, and have known this truth before the children were born. And, and, and I feel that Many, many other people would have taken the same option had they had they known it. I mean, I can't tell you the heartbreaking stories you hear in the story about a mother who has a brain injured child from a vaccine. And she says, but Dr. Isa, I didn't know. I didn't know, including a chiropractor, dear friend of mine in Florida, who has two extremely neurologically impaired children from vaccines. And he said, um, my wife told me I was just a dumb chiropractor. What did I know? He's a multimillionaire. He's a tremendous businessman, top of everything else. And he's crying to me and he said, you know, I, and I said, how are you supposed to know? I mean, all the best doctors in the world are telling you that you have to vaccinate your children. He said, but I knew, but I just, I just didn't know. And so maybe, you know, maybe that's one of my goals as Surgeon General, kind of in my mm-hmm. ideal world, is to elevate the chiropractic status, not in the public's mind. I think the public has a very high regard, but in the chiropractor's mind, you know, and many of them, that your opinions count. You're smart. You, 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 you've led a more wholesome and, and healthful life, and you are the future of what medicine should be. Wow. You know what? We think a lot alike. <laughs> I like that about you, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so, um, no, I, so well, you know... Let me answer the question there. You know, so we're talking about, uh, uh, did I run with it? No, it it kind of wasn't. That wasn't, um, excuse me one second. (coughs) Thank you. All right, let's see. Um, I, 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 you know, I never gave it any thought. Remember, here I am, 27, 28 years old, uh, two children, uh, finishing medical school, starting uh, uh, a practice. You know, uh, it, it really wasn't. I thought I would just do it for a couple of years and then think of what I would do for the rest of my life. This goes back, you know, uh, 37, 38 years ago. And um, uh, it was really home birth that was the passion. Not It, it wasn't vaccines because... This was such an incredible when I, I also had the privilege of working with the late Dr. Beatrice Tucker. Dr. Tucker was the first woman obstetrician in this country. And when I met her, she had been delivering babies at home for about 50 years. Wow. And she was a, the first single mother to ever adopt children. And she had two boys, and they were my age. And um, and uh, I um, I got to know them very well, and actually when she passed away, I delivered some of, the, some of the grandchildren. But the best story she ever told, and it kind of puts everything in perspective, she said um, one Christmas she bought her uh, uh, boys a, do- a doctor bag, and the two boys who must have been six or eight years old, she said, look, and they go, ich, women's work. <laughs> nice. Just a perspective on life, you know, I mean, uh, and she was just incredible. I mean, she was just, you know, I learned so much from her and I I was just, you know, uh, she she had delivered with the Chicago Maternity Center over 50,000 babies. And together with Dr. Joseph B. DeLee, who was considered the father of modern obstetrics, they delivered over 100,000 babies from 1895 through the early 1970s. And our practice was kind of the continuation. It was kind of dying out by the early 70s. And we were kind of the continuation of the Chicago Maternity Center in a sense. And um, it was kind of really a a real privilege and an honor because in 1995, we kind of celebrated 100 years of professional attended home birth 
in the Chicagoland area. And uh, so that's where it really started. I didn't think it would uh, uh, go on that long. And the vaccines, and, I, and in fact, if you told me uh, 40 years ago that home birth would still be minuscule and the number of families who are, are interested in not vaccinated children would be incredibly in the millions right now. We're talking about in the millions. It's really exciting. That is exciting. You know, uh, like I said, I'm on your email list, and you have YouTube videos going out practically every day. I mean, you, the level of your passion now, I mean, that that just keeps growing, I think. So well, either, I just said a few minutes ago, I, started, I said, uh, I, I, I can't handle them. I'm, I'm doing the same videos over and over again. <laughs> My wife says you do it until everyone realizes that's what to do. More vitamin D, more vitamin C, uh, breastfeed your baby, have your baby at home, don't vaccinate. It, the message is the same, but it takes a long time sometimes for a simple message to um, to take root. And there's no doubt about it that it's taking root, you know. And the exciting thing is that, see, I see chiropractors now having a tremendous role, and, and the, the prescriptive authority is just the, not the frosting on the cake in their practice, it's the ability of having people come to you, and then your job is to explain to them why this ear infection should not be treated with antibiotics, this throat infection should not be treated with antibiotics, this bronchitis should not be treated with antibiotics, and your children do not need vaccines, you don't need flu shots, you know, and to be able to do it from a... From a um, credential standpoint, because in Illinois, a chiropractor cannot fill out a school physical. Now, some of the states allow it. Florida allows yep. it. Yep, I, I have my license in Florida. Oh, I have a license in Florida. Where in Florida are you? Well, actually, it's a funny story about that. I actually just so – I'm I'm now doing continuing education with uh, Dr. Deed Harrison and also Fred's at all the seminars as well. But my wife um, has family up here, and since I'm gone every weekend, we have a house now in New Jersey. And I still have my house in Florida, but I sold my practice just recently about a year ago so I could focus on – uh, continuing education and more of my passion using software to help doctors spread the word about uh, chiropractic and wellness. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Where in Florida is your house? Uh, well, it's right north of uh, Tampa, Florida, in a place called Newport Ritchie. I know very well. We're in Kissimmee. Oh, okay. So you're stone throw. I'm actually a Florida resident, you know. Uh, I figure I, I became a Florida resident five years ago when I realized that I wanted my vote to count. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, clearly, it was a wasted vote, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, and and I I have just debated if I want to practice a little bit in Florida, but I really want to do what what you, Doctor Fred, Doctor Joe, are doing. What what you're doing interests me a lot to be able to spread the word, so uh, we can exponentially <clears throat> have doctors um, uh, who can. Um, um, uh, be able to service families who don't want to vaccinate their children. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Well, you know, we haven't really chatted, but um, our other partner, Dr. Deed Harrison, his father developed the technique, chiropractic biophysics, the most research uh, system, evidence-based system that actually changes spinal structure, can, it, can attain curve changes. So, you know, our purpose is to help chiropractors become more biomechanically sound and clinically sound to actually change spinal structure. And so that was one of my questions was, I'm sure you know you have healthy deliveries. 
But do you, do you recommend kids being checked when they're born by a chiropractor to make sure they have a sound spinal structure? Is that something that you do? Not, not only did I do that when I was a pre, when I was delivering babies, but I met a an incredibly uh, wonderful woman uh, who I, I I gave a, a talk on vaccines at the um, um, uh, the chiropractic school in Chicago here the uh, national uh, national national chiropractic right, and she said to me that. That, uh, she wanted to deliver babies also. And so I said to her, um, I said, why don't you get a midwife? Uh, 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 spend some time becoming a midwife while you're practicing chiropractic. So I lost track of her. About seven years later, it's about 10 years ago, she calls me up and says, Mayor, I'm now a licensed midwife and a chiropractor. Can I come work for you? I said, absolutely. She worked with us for about two years. Talk about someone who had the proper skills for birth, to be able to do manipulation during the birth and, and right after. Here we have and a midwife on top of it. She was phenomenal. I mean, uh, she was absolutely, you know, I, I, I think that's an incredible uh, right way of, of going. I don't think there's any any, any question about that. Uh, but I can tell you what Dr. Mendelssohn said. I'm a tremendous nihilist in everything. And he had a great expression. He used to say, between a good doctor and a bad doctor, there's lots of difference. But between a good doctor and no doctor, there's no difference. You know, and, and you know, and, and that applies across the board to all, all fields of uh, medicine. It's not yep. naturopathic, chiropractic. You know, uh, I think we have to be careful not to get, uh, uh, um, not to get too enamored. And I love what you're doing, teaching to be more skilled, but not to get too enamored with ourselves and realize that God is the ultimate healer. And so uh, that's kind of the uh, uh, the importance of, of what we we have to do. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to vaccines because I don't want to let the hour go away or so. <laughs> For um, and, and I can tell you the statement that Dr. Mendelssohn made, I think it was 1972, you know, uh, he said, there's no vaccine that's ever been shown to eliminate any infectious disease. That was his first statement. And the second statement uh, was that every vaccine causes neurological damage. You may not see it right away, but every single vaccine causes neurological damage. Now, how incredible. That's, that's 40 years ago wow. when... When we didn't see the amount of learning disorders in children, you know, in fact, two of the most frightening statements I've seen today, uh, one was by Dr. King. He's done a lot of research on vaccines. He's a, uh, a virologist, I think, or an immunologist. And he made two statements a few weeks ago. He said, this is the first generation of children that are going to be sicker than the last generation. And that's and that's only to be, um, uh, uh, the second statement was, 30 today is the new 45. How frightening! Mm-hmm. That yeah, is, these are frightening um, uh, statements. Yeah, they are. Uh, well, so right now you're busy and and you got your message. You're putting out these YouTube videos. Uh, so, what do you think? What's it like today versus years ago? And um, you know, what's your what's a little bit about what your practice like? Still practicing in Chicago. So, why don't you give us uh, your life today, Mayor? Yeah, well, first of all, I work with my oldest daughter as a nurse practitioner. She lives next door to me, and we, we 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 drive to work together. You know, we have lunch together. I tell you, the biggest difference I have in the practice, um, I used to take an hour for lunch, and I never had lunch. And you know, I'd be a typical doctor. You work straight from the morning to night, and you know, you go home, and um, uh, very unhealthy lifestyle. We decided that the biggest change we we're going to make, and and I lost the weight before I really went back into practice full time. You know, uh, and uh, 
um, and the biggest change I said when we we're coming back to prep, we we're taking two hours for lunch, and we may we may only get an hour for lunch, but we're gonna eat slow. We're not gonna rush ourselves through lunch. You know, it does make sense how little we're eating. You know, and obviously a lot of lifestyle changes. You know, that went about that. You know, uh, and that's the biggest the biggest change I made in the practice because I would end up at the at the end of the day for forty years or thirty five years being starving out of my mind. Uh, um, uh, thinking I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work it off, but that, that's just not, not 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 the way it goes, you know. And so, there's three parts to my practice right now. Thirty to forty percent is taking care of children, and, and I'm really not interested in sick children. It's it sounds like funny, you know. Uh, there's plenty of doctors who'll do a great job with very sick children. I'm interested in keeping the children healthy. Keep away from antibiotics, keep them away from vaccines. And it starts, you know, obviously with all the families we've taken care of over the years, it starts at the school physical because that's the place where they're going to give you vaccines. You know, school physicals, camp physicals. And so I put together a, uh, a banner. I actually stole it from one of my good friends. And it was a picture of my daughter and I. And and it, it's a pretend banner. It doesn't. It looks like it's, a, it's, it's, it's standing somewhere on the highway. And it says... Uh, uh, no, no shots, no school, no camp, no work, not true. You know, and it's and it, that's essentially the motto that we have in the practice right now to be able to help families um, um, uh, to be able to uh, exercise their their legal rights. And it's going to become more and more difficult because we have an administration that doesn't believe in law, you know, uh, yeah. or, or even worse, they think they know the law. That's even worse. You know, I mean, uh, uh, um, I mean, what happened here in Boston is the biggest the biggest scandal, you know, what happened in Benghazi, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 I think I should be a terrorist. I would be able to make money. I wouldn't have to. <laughs> They'll just pay me, you know, uh, and, and uh, 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 unbelievable. This, this is beyond, this is beyond understanding, you know. Uh, but um, so thirty or forty percent is explaining to people how they could legally avoid vaccine. And my goal is always to be legal. I mean, that that's our goal. Our goal is not to, you know, and um, and and the majority of what I recommend people to do, in fact, is, is to write a religious waiver. And I'll just give it two minutes of that. And I've lectured extensively on this, you know, that um, every state except Mississippi and West Virginia. For some reason, they don't believe in the Constitution. Uh, every one of them has a religious waiver right. And you have two elements to the religious waiver. You can either be part Amish, Christian science, a Christian scientist. So you can, or it could be your personal specific. Those two words are very important. Personal specific religious um, uh, 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 waiver, your rights. And, I, and I, I tell everyone when they come, I said, there's no way that any of us could really 100% know what's right or wrong when it comes to the vaccine issue. We all have a very strong feeling uh, that there's something wrong about this, you know, and it's something we don't think we want to participate. We don't think God made us so defective that we need 60 different shots before we're four years old, or, or that every one of us needs a ridiculous flu shot or, or a Gardasil vaccine. It doesn't make, doesn't make any sense, you know. And, but that turns out to be not a medical waiver, but a religious waiver. And the reason why even in the 18 states that allow for a personal exemption, which means it doesn't have to be religious, it doesn't have to be medical, I never recommend writing that because let's say you live in Texas, which allows that, you live in California, you live in Michigan, what happens if your family moves? And um, and like Dr. Joe, you move from, uh, from now New Jersey doesn't allow for a, a, um, a uh, personal waiver. But and Florida doesn't. But let's assume you move to Texas, mm -hmm. you know, 
And now, uh, or, or the other way, you move from Texas to New Jersey. I got a problem because, oops, I didn't really mean that. I really meant to be a religious waiver. Aha. And, yeah. so, and also, the personal waiver is state-driven, which means the state legislator can overturn that, where I, I pray that we find our next president doesn't believe in getting rid of the Constitution, you know, and it's a First Amendment right, you know, uh, uh, freedom, uh, freedom of religion. Very important, you know. And, and when I went to law school, that's really one of the reasons I went to law school, was to, read, to study this in more depth and talk to my professors. And they were spectacular. I went to John Marshall, which is a working man's law school. And uh, I went to school at night. I was still practicing medicine full time, delivering babies all the time then. And it was just fabulous. I mean, I would have discussions endlessly, myself and my older son, with, um, with the professors about how to fight the battle um, uh, or how to help the families not fight the battle. And it's been really exciting. So that, that becomes a, a large part of what I do. It's 40 or 50%. And, and then about um, 30% is our metabolic HCG program. And we've helped over 1,000 people lose more than 20 tons. You know, And I, I could tell you, ask me, do I recommend children be adjusted right after they're born, newborns? Even more than that, I tell people that, that I am the wrong doctor. I can get you started on the program. I can help you lose the weight, but you have to have an absolute uh, chiropractor as part of the long term, the rest of your life. It's the only way you're going to maintain a large weight loss for a long period of time. Wow. Nice. There you Very go. Powerful. Philosophy. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting, you know, to hear your perspective and and uh and certainly you can feel your passion there i mean my god it comes through your tone and obviously that's that's a huge life purpose so what do you see as your vision as you move into the future i mean you're going 100 miles an hour right now but what do you see you know what's what's the rest of that life purpose look like oh my god you're what's asking your vision i know i know i i think i i think i'm having a midlife crisis but i'm close 70 that I am to 60, you know, and, uh, the, um, um, I, I, I don't know, except every day I wake up, it's really exciting. You know, uh, I get up real early in the morning. I try to do a little bit of videos, a little bit of writing, you know, uh, and then I go to the office with my daughter, you know, and, uh, and, um, I, I, I think that, um, I, I do a Monday night radio show. It's on Blog Talk Radio, but it's rebroadcast on Natural News. Natural News is uh, run by um, um, oh god, my, I'm, I'm I'm going blank now. Uh, um, but it, he's phenomenal. I mean, he's uh, he's a nutritionist. He is. He looks like a chiropractor. He is absolutely ripped. He's you know he's in his early forties. You know, uh, Mike Adams. Mike Adams, and Mike is a brilliant artist, a brilliant uh, cartoonist. You know, and his website naturalnews.com now has about 2 million uh, followers. Um, and so it gets rebroadcast there. And I do the radio show with, with Alan Phillips. Alan is a vaccine rights attorney. That's all he does. He works out of his house and he helps families uh, to avoid vaccines. And, um, and and so I clearly see doing a little bit of legal work with him because my, my interest, in, it's interesting. We've had very almost no problem in Chicago um, 
with all the thousands and thousands of children to be able to go to school, preschool, school camps without uh, uh, receiving vaccines. There's been tremendous problem now with medical students, nursing students, and nurses uh, with this stupid flu vaccine. I mean, of all the vaccines to pick on, you know, uh, and um, and so I see a part of my work uh, going forward is to be able to try to bring class action lawsuits against hospitals uh, for forcing nurses to have to get a vaccine or be fired. And Alan has come up with a tremendous theory how he's going to fight it. He's not going to fight it if the vaccine doesn't work. That's a given. He's going to fight it on the basis of the, the vaccine manufacturers admit the flu vaccine is at best 40 or 50 percent effective. So we're going to pretend that it really is 40 or 50 percent effective. But that means that 50 percent of nurses who received the flu vaccine have no uh, antibodies or immunity. And antibodies, by the way, does not mean immunity. Right. Um, and, and we're going to say that uh, unless you retest or, or, or yes, you run a titer on every single person who's had a flu shot. And if it doesn't show a titer, you have to give them a second shot. If they don't get a second shot, you have to fire them. And if the second one doesn't, you have to give them a third shot and a fourth shot and a fifth shot. Well, you know, this would rank, rank, run havoc. And Alan did brought some suit against three or four hospitals who gave in then. Uh, but it's, it's getting worse. And the nurses in the hospital are just the start because that's the easiest argument, the easiest nonsensical argument. It's it's going to spread everywhere into the workplace, into doctors' offices. You as chiropractic doctors will be required to get a vaccine in order to see patients. Well, you know, so no one should think that this is just stopping at the hospital level. That's just kind of the beginning test ground because it's the easy win. And once they do that, then they're going to say, well, if you uh, work at Best Buy and you uh, sell uh, uh, computers, you have to have a vaccine because you may infect the people who walk into your store. Wow. Ace. Well, we're certainly unaware of that, but uh, thank you for being a soldier representing a lot of those people that not only don't know what you know, but certainly, you know, your calling in life is, is definitely changing the lives of millions. So, so we appreciate that. Cause that's something I, I wasn't aware of. I wasn't. It's first I've heard of it as well, too. It's, it's Alan Phillips. He is just phenomenal. Look up his website. It's vaccinerights.com. Uh, he's phenomenal. I mean, uh, he's written a phenomenal uh, e-book on, um, on your legal rights with vaccines. And, and he, he's, he's tremendous. I mean, he is just really uh, – and there's just a handful of lawyers around the country uh, who are willing to take up this fight. But it's more – he, it's more than take it up. They have to have the passion for it because uh, there's no money in this game. <laughs> I mean, we're not dealing with wealthy people. That's not even true. I could tell you that there was just a recent study that showed who is not vaccinating. It's middle and upper class families by education. And that's really the the, the um, it, it it's not necessarily monetarily middle and upper class, but education wise, uh, that's that says a lot when your college educated population is questioning uh, what's being told to them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on, on his website right now. It looks uh, very very informative. So that's vaccinerights.com. Yeah, just really. I want to go back and just talk about a little bit about about because um, we haven't. I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, chiropractors, sure. a lot of doctors who are going to have patients come into their office and say to them, "But uh, it, it, what about uh, the um, whooping cough vaccine? What about this vaccine?" You know, and and um, and, and so the the. Um, 
Um, I, I think one of the most fascinating things to look at is, and this is a statement that Dr. Mendelson made 40 years ago, there's never been a vaccine that's ever shown to ever uh, um, eliminate any uh, infectious disease. When you take a look, and I have this in my book, I have the charts, the public health charts, which show that um, the curve for tuberculosis, uh, cholera, plague is no different. Now, what's unique about those? No one gets vaccinated in this country for that. Mm -hmm. 100-year history and look at those diseases, they naturally died out by themselves. And if you take a look at uh, whooping cough, um, if you take a look at uh, diphtheria, uh, polio, all the curves look the same as them. And when the vaccine was introduced, it didn't bring a rapid and precipitous end to the disease. It was on the decline. It didn't just drop straight down. It continued to, uh, um, uh, the, the number of deaths kept, kept going down. But at the same rate as tuberculosis, cholera, plague, which is very interesting, uh, Now, um, which tells us that they didn't have that precipitous effect, and it most probably would have happened by itself. Mm-hmm. But 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 even um, uh, uh, even more interesting is um, when you take a look at the flu vaccine, and some of the latest data shows that the number of deaths from flu is go- as the number of people with flu get the flu vaccine, more deaths from flu. Um, and that, now correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation. But the other thing that's fascinating, go back 10 years ago in time, not a single child for all practical in this country died from flu. All of a sudden they introduced the vaccine and children are dying from, from the flu. Um, and, and one of the theories, that's why I, in the beginning I started talking about uh, antibiotics and antivirals and put in the same breath as vaccines because let's give the best case scenario the vaccines at one time worked but they're only going to kill the the milder strains and what we're seeing now in our society uh 40,000 cases of whooping cough last year virtually 100% vaccinated children and what they're finding is the strains are the more virulent ones so all that's happened is the vaccines have knocked out stuff that would have gone away by itself we're seeing the same thing with children's ear infections. 22 million prescriptions are written for ear infections. Um, We haven't written one in 10 years. Um, And uh, of course, our children have less ear infections, but it still happens. I mean, it's not uh, where we're not, we're not immune from everything. You just get lower percentages um, if you don't vaccinate and you breastfeed your baby, but it still will happen. But by not giving it, what's going to happen is your body's going to build up its own defenses and it'll build up its own antibodies, you know. And so let's go back to the definition, life-threatening. So if someone could tell me that that we have life-threatening illnesses, then we maybe have to think about developing a vaccine for it. Think about it, you know. Uh, um, but these aren't life-threatening illnesses, and the death rate from the vaccines Clearly, we need we need the above all do no harm, and, and as all you doctors know, what's in the vaccines alone is problematic. <laughs> alone, even if they took all these toxins out. I mean, uh, I find it mind-boggling that we give flu shots to pregnant women with 25 micrograms of mercury. <laughs> I can tell you how much it is. If you put it into a one million gallon pool, the whole pool will be considered toxic. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's just, uh, in fact, we, we had a, I had a great time a few years ago. When, in 2009, I went to Atlanta uh, with um, 
bombs against Mercury. Um, and um, we, we, we were going to dress up in hazmat suits and we're going to take a pretend uh, flu vaccine and throw it on the uh, ground and then clean it up and, and show that we have to wear a hazmat suit because if you drop the, the flu vaccine with the mercury, it became a, um, a, a, a toxic uh, dump that you had to clear up. Interesting enough, the Center for Disease Control, we, were, we did it in front of the center, wouldn't allow us to drop the fake vaccine because that would be a federal offense. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. And so I, I said, we don't have to. We could just wear the hazmat suits. And we had about 15 of us, and it got national publicity. It was really just, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, and look, look, I, it must have had some effect or because I think of all the chiropractic doctors who have told their patients, don't take the flu vaccine. Right. Two- Nine more than sixty percent of people never took the flu vaccine. I mean, after the president spent millions and millions of our hard-earned dollars telling people that we bought seventy thousand body bags because people are going to die if you don't take the vaccine. Yeah, and you know the other one that I always used to hear when I was in practice was that the doctor scaring about chickenpox vaccine. Um, you know about oh your your son or daughter didn't get the chickenpox yet. You better watch out. You know type of thing. Um, any thoughts on that one as well, too? Because I know that was a, a big one while I was in practice and still hear about it. You know, I could tell you something. The best article was written about 10 or 15 years ago by a Dr. Goldman. I think it's Gary Goldman, and you can, it's, it's available on the Internet. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, he wrote together with Dr. King a theoretical argument. And he said that let's assume that the chickenpox vaccine is 100% effective. Let's assume it's 100% safe. What we're good. We know the drug companies say it doesn't last more than 10 or 15 years. And so what's going to happen is we're going to end up replacing a mild childhood disease, chickenpox, with shingles, which you're going to be uh, susceptible to as you get older and don't have the the zoster virus. to it. Well, let me tell you how how prophetic his words were. This last year, my first full year in practice, I've seen 25 cases of shingles in young adults and young children. And this is frightening because uh, chickenpox is a mild childhood disease with rare side effects. Shingles, it could be extremely serious side effects. You can end up getting neuropathies, which never go away. You can have, you can lose your vision over it because if the if shingles virus gets into your eye, this is very, very frightening, you know. Uh, and um, it doesn't make a difference if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. We're, we're going to be part of the we're going to be reaping the, the detriment of the rest of society, what they've done to the, um, uh, it's no different with our food. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, you're not going to be able to buy organic enough food that's going to protect you from the pesticides and all the antibiotics that are in them. Exactly. Exactly. Spoken like a, a true chiropractor almost. That's great. Uh, Go ahead. I got a great email from a dear friend of mine, um, and he said to me that the the dietary, the Jewish dietary laws are phenomenal because you're not allowed to use genetically modified material in your food. So the GMOs by the Jewish kosher dietary laws are is, you're not it's not permissible to eat it. Nice. <laughs> Interesting. So even though it, it has nothing, it, it, it has nothing to do with the, the animals that are forbidden. Even right. the grains, if it's if it's uh, genetically modified, you're not allowed to eat it. Smart people. Yeah. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have. We're that's gonna be our next podcast next week. Actually, talking about Monsanto and the GMO. 
my God, what a sad story. Monsanto bought uh, a company that I really liked. They bought um, New Chapter, and, and New Chapter was one of the really premier natural vitamin companies in the world. The, uh, and they bought them because every pharmaceutical company is now looking for a natural products arm. So they want to get you both ways. If you want to buy a natural vitamin, you're going to go to them also. They're going to own the market in a few years. Yep, that's what they're trying to do. Control the food so you control the population. I you out. Go ahead. It's her company, but she said you would never you would never be able to do it. You know, it's the reason I've never bought a lottery ticket in my life. And the reason is not, as a statistician, it's a bad gamble. But that's not the biggest reason to buy it. The trouble is, no one in my mind is strong enough who would have so much money to not be corrupted by it. You can't, can't help it. It'll run your life. Right now, you know, I, 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 I don't have that worry. <laughs> you know? But it's interesting. You watch the people who have too much money, and here's something that all of a sudden comes to you overnight. No one is, they, they've asked people who've, who've won lotteries. They looked at them five years and 10 years later. No one is happier five or 10 years later. Everyone thinks, oh, my God, that's the end of my problems. Turns out it's the beginning of their problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? I appreciate you sharing all of your life and your heart and your purpose. Um, actually, I have a coaching group, Elite Coaching. I would love to have you as a speaker at one of our seminars. Yeah, so, uh, we'll definitely be in touch. Actually, and Joe's part of a whole seminar yep. system. Yeah, that, we'll definitely uh, be in touch as well, too, because I know our, our doctors would love to uh, hear you at uh, one of our pediatric seminars or at one of our annual conferences as well. Yeah, I, I mean, as I tell you, one of my interests is, and I'd like all the doctors who are listening, you know, uh, it, it doesn't have to be from us, except I think that we have the best vitamin D on the market. You know, um, uh, this is something that's a must for your practice, especially when it's going to change the laws and you're going to be able to dispense antibiotics. You want to be able to give your patients vitamin D, vitamin C, omega-3s, and and not antibiotics. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny that I, I, uh, I don't know if I, I saw it with you or, or not. It's, it's funny how doctors will wind up telling our patients one thing at least in general and then we wind up taking almost double what we tell patients half the time on you know on on everything from vitamin d to everything it's it's just ironic and it's but even my friends that are uh, medical doctors do the same thing especially with vitamin d Exactly. Let me tell you something. I, I went to a I gone to a bunch of conferences in the last ten years. I gotten uh, fascinated by the whole. Thing. I've written papers on it now. So I went to one conference where they had five or six of the world's experts on vitamin D, and it was going to be how much you're taking. And you're, you're absolutely right. Every conference I went to, when they were recommending one thousand, they were taking two thousand. Thousand, they're taking five thousand. But I tell you what, I think ultimately will be the right amount. And I'm just now I'm throwing this out. Hopefully, I won't. Uh, I was sitting in one conference next to someone. It was in San Diego. He looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, thirty-inch arms, twelve-inch waist. <laughs> He had a cutoff T-shirt and and um, and uh, shorts, and we're talking about. I said, I said, how much vitamin D do you take? Everyone said, and I, uh, he said, I take fifty thousand a day. I said fifty thousand a day. Oh my God! And so I said. Um, he said, well, I used to be a lifeguard. When I looked up the research as a lifeguard, you would get 50000 a day. Now I'm a compounding pharmacist. And I never get outside. I said, I don't lift weights till 7, 8 o'clock at night. I said, I have to take the same as I did as a, uh, a pharmacist. I said, how much, uh, what's your vitamin D level? I said, oh, I never check it. Why should I? If I go in the sun, would I check my vitamin D level? The only reason to check vitamin D levels is to show patients how low it is, not to show up. 
Very well said. Nice. Well, anything, uh, anything else you want to share? Um, if just so, to kind if, of wrap things up, Mayor. If someone wants to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you, Doc? Well, two, two ways. You can just email me at mayor, M-A-Y-E-R, at homefirst.com. It's no longer the name of our company, but I can't get rid of it. I had it for 40 years. Uh, they can go to our website, homefirst.com, you know, um, and go to my wife's store. You know, you, there's a link to the store there. And it's not on the store there, but any doctor who want a private label, uh, our, uh, all, our pro, all our products have um, – uh, probiotics in them. And interesting, because I'm now working on a, a powdered omega-3, because it has to be powdered in order to put probiotics into it, because the probiotics activate with water. And I'm very excited about this, because I think it's, uh, um, and we, we can talk about another time, I've been, I'm have been i a not-so believer in probiotics, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's the, and our vitamin D is probiotics, our vitamin C is, everything is probiotics. Wonderful. Well, we'd love to have you on again, and we can talk a little bit more about that for sure. Awesome. I'm, I'm honored. It's been honored to be with you, doctors. Hey, thanks, Mayor. And we'll be contacting you because we'd love to have you. I do one seminar series, and Joe is responsible for another. So we'd love to have you as a guest speaker. And we'll definitely be in touch. And thank you for sharing, number one, your passion and purpose. And number two, all the information that you shared. And uh, just, you know, from the whole profession, I'll speak for the whole profession out of my mouth. You know, we really appreciate that you're carrying that sword and, and making a big, big path behind you for, for others to follow. So thank you for that. Thank it's you. Very doctors. Thank you. All right. Have a great night. All right, and guys. We'll Good night. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. Bye-bye.